Aleluya. Aleluya. Oh, my, what a privilege it is to be in the house of the Lord and uh, just thankful for, for Jesus including me in this. Well, I tell you, as people looking for something to be involved in or something that makes them feel like they're connected to the world. You know, people are just always looking for something to, to join, to make them feel like they have purpose, but nothing like answering that call. That call, he called me out of darkness into his marvelous light and filled me with his spirit. And now the scripture says the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father, and the Spirit itself beareth witness that we are the children of God. I'm so thankful to be included in the kingdom this morning. And, oh, I'll tell you, I, I know that it's, this is an offer for everybody, every living, breathing soul today. So it doesn't make me anybody special above anybody. This is the, the love and mercy that God has to all. But I'll tell you, I've, in, in that great number that cannot be numbered, I'm thankful that I have a spot. Said John saw a multitude so great, said no man could number it. I'm glad there was a spot in there for me. Well, I preach a message on that now. Some people say you're just a number, but I can't be numbered, but I'm part of it. Praise God. Oh, boy, I better get this lesson. I'm going to preach a whole other message this morning. God's good. While you're standing, Matthew 6 and 33, lesson 3 in our series on uh, being unplugged. Matthew 6 and 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Very important word there is first. And his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. And so today we want to talk about the right priorities, right priorities. And because there are so many things in this world that are trying to get our attention, we must choose. Always been a choice, even before you and I were even in consideration. But when Joshua told the people, choose this day whom you will serve, you've got to make a choice. You have to choose to put God first in your life. He will not break in line. He's not line jumping. He's not going to push stuff back to make room. Uh, but if you make room, if you make room, it's always been about a choice. I stand at your door and knock, and if any man hear my voice and open up, I'm not going to open. If, even if it's unlocked, he won't come in without you opening the door. It's a choice. So. We're going to talk about right priorities this morning. Let's lift our hands and pray as we get ready for the word. Jesus, we love you and know that the first and great commandment is to love you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Today, we ask you to bless our hearts, Lord. Let the word find good ground so we can grow and bring forth much fruit. We want to be better. We want to be more like you, and we want to be uh, fit for the kingdom of God that we can do a work to glorify your great name in this last day. Bless us now and all that's done here in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand this morning. What a great God we serve. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be seated this morning. Seek you first the kingdom of God. You know, it's uh, an amazing, uh, even a, it's one of the most puzzling and perplexing things that you will see living for God is how that, uh, as God's people, we can experience tremendous blessing and just tremendous favor and blessing and, and we're shouting and praising God and then somehow at a later point we forget about God and begin just living to ourself. And uh, that's nothing new in the 21st century. This has been a problem that has always plagued God's people. Uh, numerous times you will read in Scripture, uh, beginning at the, at the front of the book, you'll read about God's people and how 
uh, blessings and promises and favor and deliverance was had and, and how God's people would just rejoice and sing and praise God and worship him greatly and then uh, just a short while later find themselves worshiping other idols and other gods and doing different things and, and um, forgetting basically the God that had brought this great deliverance. And one thing you'll read about uh, when you, if you're reading in the book of Haggai, the temple has been destroyed. Uh, the Babylonians had destroyed Jerusalem. The temple carried the Jews away. And it stayed like that until uh, Cyrus came in. He was a conquering Persian king. And he allowed the Jews to go back and begin to build the temple again. They wanted to rebuild him. And so, man, they're so excited. Uh, with uh, Zerubbabel was leading them. They went back to rebuild. They're excited. They begin uh, everyone's giving, everyone's throwing their hands in. They're just excited about what God's doing. They, they get the foundation, two years just to lay the foundation of the temple. And they're so excited and, and shouting and praising God that you can hear it throughout the land. But the Samaritans there didn't like it. And so they began to oppose uh, the Jewish uh, people there and worked against them, and, and eventually they got another king to step in and, and halt the work. But it wasn't just uh, the, the opposition they had, but the people began to turn to themselves and began to uh, say things as, as Haggai 1 and 2 says, it's not yet time to build the Lord's house. Their attention shifted from rebuilding the temple, and for 16 years no work was done on the temple, worked very hard on it for two years, and then for 16 years, nothing is happening with God's house. And the people have said, it's not yet time to build the Lord's house, and they begin to build their own homes and fulfill their own desires, and God sends Haggai to cry out to them, and he says in Haggai 1 and 4, 5, and then 7 and 8, he says, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Now, therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, saith the Lord. And so through Haggai, God uh, rebuked Israel, rebuked his own people, said you need to take stock of yourself. You need to consider your ways and consider what you're doing right now. And he calls them to take their focus off, fulfilling their own desires and their own will, and make God's will their top priority. You can't neglect the kingdom of God. We're called, the price that was paid for us, uh, that he purchased us with, with his blood, through his sacrifice, we cannot neglect the kingdom of God. The Bible says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? See, a lot of people say, well, I don't really do anything wrong, but are you really doing anything right? Hello. There's good people in this world today. There's people that you'd find never darken the door of a church, but they don't drink, smoke, cuss. They don't lie. They give to charity. They do things. They're moral people. But uh, he said, how are you going to escape if you neglect? Well, how much more if a child of God begins to neglect the Savior that paid that price for him. Uh, see, we, just because we have a one-time experience with him doesn't mean that that's going to last us all the way until he comes back. There is work to be done for the kingdom, and we must have right priorities as we now serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We are servants of the Most High King. And so uh, I, it's distressing to see this uh, even still in our day, how that um, people can be so blessed and, and, and so just really God just pours things out on them and then, uh, man, they're shouting, one man, they're shouting, worshiping, you're praying with them, singing with them, you're doing, and then all of a sudden, whew, just like vapor, they just vanish away. Uh, and so that example in Haggai, that's just one example. You can go through, and you've read the Bible, so you know, you read the Scripture, you'll see and find even the Lord told Peter how quickly Peter forgot that he had the keys and that it was the keys to the kingdom. That means you need to be 
unlocking doors to the kingdom. You need to be entering into things. Keys get you in somewhere and keys unlock things and you need to be getting into the kingdom. But uh, as soon as the Lord said, uh, I'm going to have to suffer, I'm going to be betrayed, I'm going to be crucified. And Peter's like, be it far from you. And he said, uh, get behind me, Satan. He said, because you savor or long for the things of men more than the things of God. And I don't want to ever get uh, so uh, blessed by God that he would say, whoo, here's the keys to the kingdom that then I turn around and forget who I serve and uh, forget who I belong to. Uh, getting those keys and getting into the kingdom and being born again does not set us on a place that we're untouchable and that we don't have to do anything and that we're, uh, you know, we're not to be worshipped and uh, we're supposed to be worshippers and, and uh, we're not just supposed to be served, we're supposed to be serving. We're supposed to be setting priorities in our life that help advance the kingdom of God. I want to set right priorities in my life. And so when the Jews in Babylon first heard uh, that King Cyrus had decreed that they could go home, Man, they were filled with joy and thanksgiving, and they, and they promised the Lord that they would always serve him and live for him. And why wouldn't they? Look what he was doing. And uh, so they rejoiced. They began to build. They rejoiced. Uh, and when they got the foundation laid, they promised again, even more so, we will live for you. But then here comes life. You know, we don't live in a bubble being born again. And life is going to happen, and life has to happen. You're going to have priorities in your life and things that you have to do. You have to work. Hey, guess what? You, you have to go to school if you're that age. And, and then if you go to college and make that decision to go, well, you've got to commit to that. You can't just flunk out. You know, you got, you're paying for this school. It ain't like um, it was going to grade school. So now, you know, there are things you've got to take care of, but, but you can't let these things and and your desire for things of this world and desires for things of this life take the place of the things that God has to do in your life or the things that God has called you to do in this life. God wants us to still be the light of the world, but we cannot be the light of the world if we are covering our light with everything else that we do. If uh, all these, if this great uh, host of things that, you know, some things just don't even really matter, but some of them do. Uh, when these things uh, fill our lives, it will distract us from our devotion to God and doing His will. It'll distract you. You can get distracted by a job, by school, by a hobby, uh, you know, by situations. And, and I'm not saying that these things are not, uh, don't have a place, that they're, they're not really credible things going on in your life, but... There is nothing more important or more real. And just because God is patient and long-suffering, we should not neglect Him, counting on Him to be patient with us. Well, I know you're long-suffering and patient, but so God, I, I know you'll understand if I just move you back while I move this in. And then, you know, after a while, I'll be done with this and we'll swap you back. You don't do that. You keep God in the forefront. And, and so it's not just Israel. We can get caught up in, in sometimes thinking, I'd never, I don't even understand Israel. I would never be like that. But it happens even today. And we can be just like that. None of us who are born again and, and experience this great salvation, we, we don't just consciously set out to get distracted. All of a sudden you find yourself, you know, you're on a job and you get a promotion. And now uh, you're excited because it's more money, it's better benefits, but it's also more hours. It's taking more of your time. It's not just at work. Now at home, you're having to do a few things so you'll be ready for the next day. And, and now that cuts into your prayer time or it cuts it, you know, I can't make it Wednesday night uh, you know, or I can't make it the Monday night prayer anymore. And it's not that you're just, hey, I just want to quit praying or quit Bible study, but you know, I've got this job now and this. And now all of a sudden, something else has moved in where God used to be. You didn't intend it. You didn't plan it. It just happened. And we have to make sure that we start... It, when we adjust our time, we adjust our time to fit our job in and not the Lord. We build our lives around Him, and we, He is first planted solid right there, unmovable. We don't move God. We don't move 
our life for God for anything else. You don't do it. And you can say, Pastor, that's not reasonable. Yes, it is very reasonable. Uh, we're to be a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. This is our reasonable service. And you sacrifice to what you worship, and what you worship is going to be number one. And if you're sacrificing your life to Him, that's because you worship Him, and He's number one. This is your reasonable service. That's the right priority. That's what we need to remember, that if I, I am always an employee second, I am always a student second. Hey, guess what? I'm always a husband second. I'm a dad second. First of all, I am servant to him. And then I am student and I am employee and I am husband and I am dad and I am pastor and those kind of things. It falls in that order. But first and foremost, I belong to him. Nobody has a voice in my life that cuts in line in front of God. That comes between me and him. There is no job that gets between me and serving God. There is no, uh, you say, well, that's easy for you, Pastor. You don't work another job. Let me tell you something. I do plenty of work. I don't just sleep late and eat fried chicken. And I don't even play golf. So, uh, so, so here we go. Uh, ministry is a full-time job. And uh, uh, so I, I understand, uh, and I did work full-time uh, for years, even a few years as we started the church. So I know what it's about. I'm telling you, nothing. That's why I left that job, because it was beginning to interfere with this calling. And it, I couldn't allow that to happen, so it was time to leave so that I could keep this first and foremost. And so I'm telling you today that you think, wow, you're asking me, I'm going to cause a lot of upheaval in my life. That's not true. You think that it's going to destroy your life to put God first. That's the exact opposite of what the Bible teaches. That's the very exact other end of the spectrum from what God is saying. He's saying, when you put me first, he even told Israel, when you keep my word and put me first, all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. And he began to tell them, you'll be above only and not beneath, the head, not the tail, and you'll be blessed going in and coming out. I'm going to fight your battles. I'm going to deliver you. You're going to move into cities you didn't build, houses you didn't build. You're going to eat from vineyards you didn't plant. You're going to be just fat and full, but just be careful that once you have all these blessings, you don't turn around and forget the God that gave it to you. So there's so many things uh, in this world that try to get us and grab us every day, there's always something in our face. This world is constantly pulling at our flesh and, and pulling at our lives that we must daily, daily, not monthly, not weekly, and not yearly, but daily, we must choose to put God first in our lives. We must daily make God our first priority. And see, this is what Jesus was saying in this verse in Matthew 6 and 33 but seek you first. He didn't say, hey, seek the kingdom of God and all these things will be added because you could seek it later when I got time, when it's convenient, when I'm done with this. If there's anything else in your hands, set it down and seek God. You, you cannot hold on to a plow. He said, no man putting his hand to the plow making a decision to work for this kingdom and looking back is fit for the kingdom. You can't hold a plow. I don't know how many of y'all are old enough or, ever, or just ever done this somewhere. Have you ever stood behind a real live plow, pulling? We, we, we did out of Brother Richardson's place out in South Carolina one time, and, and the mules pulling that thing. You don't get distracted holding on to that, not with them mules or whatever is pulling you. Uh, you don't look around and you don't try to hold on. You ain't walking with your drink or, or looking at your phone while you're holding. Your priority's right there. Eyes forward, keeping, making sure you're watching everything because it, it, can, get, it can go out of, out of line real quick. And if it, that thing decided to run, uh, you in for a ride. So you've you got to stay focused. Your priority is I am here to plow this row. I'm here to break up this ground. And so 
I'm not worried about my phone ringing or that it, what the weather's doing or what I, I am just here focused. And that's what the Lord's saying. You seek first the kingdom of God. And what happens? You seek him first, his righteousness. All these things shall be added unto you. These things are going to fall in line. But Jesus said you don't just put the kingdom on your priority list. You make it the highest priority. Make sure that as you are setting your house in order, your life in order, that, first, that this so easy, so I don't know where to start. Well, let me give you the first one right off the bat. Put the Lord first. Everything else will just begin to fall in line. It's just like the domino effect, except it's adding things and not knocking things over. You, you put him first, and everything else just begins to fall in line because He's the highest priority. God's going to see that you are serving him, making room for him, putting him first and foremost. You're keeping the greatest commandment that you love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. So you're, you're obeying scripture. God is going to honor his word and he's going to bless and he's going to take care of things. Now, uh, then you have to make sure you understand what the things are so that you don't think, well, I thought if I put him first, I'd be living in a $500,000 house and uh, with a swimming pool and, and traveling around the world. That's, you know, God never said that. He said all the things, things you need to live. Uh, there's the things that we think we need to live are, are remarkably different than what God thinks. And so we, we need to make sure we understand uh, and then sometimes we're, you know, he may, he, that blessing comes and you do get something that really helps and boosts your life. But, but I promise you, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. The righteous, well, they're only righteous if it's by him, so they're seeking his righteousness. So seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and now you become righteousness through the faith in Jesus Christ. Now you're righteous because of him. And the righteous are never forsaken and never begging bread. God's always taking care of them. So um, let's seek him first and put him number one. Now, there are many people and things that we are obligated to in this life. We have priorities, but whatever else that we might give ourselves to must be secondary to seeking God. That's got to come first. It is around this highest priority that all our other priorities will be established and ordered. It doesn't come naturally, so don't think. You know, sometimes people play ball. They say, "Well, he's a natural," or they, you know, they uh, in school and they, they're real good with math. They're just a natural, and that's unnatural, really. But, uh, but no, but uh, people say, "Well, I'm just, they're just a natural." Nobody was a natural at seeking God and putting Him first, and and. And ordering this thing, it, it doesn't come naturally because our flesh will always fight against that. The carnal mind is, is enmity against God. It doesn't want to line up with that. And so you have to, through the Spirit, get your flesh into subjection. And so if we do not consciously seek God's kingdom first, then there's a default, and we'll seek our own kingdom. If we're not seeking His, we're seeking our own. That's, that's, that's plain and simple. It's, it's one or the other. It's the war that Paul talked about in his flesh uh, that um, it, it would be one way or the other. It's what Jesus told to Peter. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. And so if we don't make a conscious decision to take a step toward God in, in his direction and seek his kingdom, then we'll seek our own and we'll be building our own kingdom. Our flesh is already drawn to personal kingdom building. And so it's reinforced, too, every day in the media. Uh, next week's lesson will be real good. It's on social media, so we'll get to that. But, but through social media, our, our social media is, feeds more flesh than it does spirit. We, we, we can help reverse that as children of God, I think, if we will use it for the right thing. But really, uh, social media is entertainment for us. It's, it's just, it's, it always it's helps to get rid of our curiosity about things. Oh, I'm just going to look them up and see. That might fall under busybody. Hey, I've done it, though. though I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll be honest with you. I've done it. I heard something. Well, let me just look. And see, so that's the thing. You can just be looked up now. <laughs> let me see what their pictures look like. Happens. 
we'll, we'll get in that next week. I don't want to get tied, tied up in that. So uh, when we seek our, in seeking our own kingdom, that's not a minor thing because our relationship with God uh, and our eternal destinies are at stake. So uh, we need to find ways to unplug from this saturation that the world lays on us day by day. And so one way to do that is uh, listen to some preaching. But it ain't Sunday. So <laughs> get you one of those, get revival radio or some kind of preaching app and listen to some preaching because faith come by hearing and hearing by the word. There's plenty of podcasts out there now by great people of faith. You can listen to, yeah, Restoration, we actually have one, so you can listen to Restoration's podcast, but you can hear something that will inspire you, encourage you, uh, teach you, so do that. Studying the Word of God, reading the Word of God, praying, things like that will help your mind to stay on God's purpose and not the world's purpose. I want to, I want to make sure I'm lined up with His purpose and not the world, so uh, that, those are some things you can do to help keep the right priorities uh, because if you know the word, when a, something pops up in front of you, you can say, mm, I could go that way, but the word has warned me against that. And now you have stayed in line with the word and in line with God. You have set the word as a priority in your life. So uh, when we pursue a course of action that leads us away from doing God's will, then he will because he loves us, uh, discipline us. Yeah, he will. He'll, uh, the scripture says that he will chasten those that he loves. So he will discipline us to bring us to our senses and cause us to repent. There's some things that people go through, and you're like, wow, I sure hate they're going through that. Well, sometimes it's, it's just tragedy in life, and then sometimes it is God saying, I am trying to get your attention. And so this is what... Uh, why Haggai spoke to God's people as they had left off building the temple and began to work for their own kingdom. Uh, in Haggai 1 and 6, <clears throat> and then verses 9 through 11, the Lord said, you have sown much. Listen, this is what happens when you build your own kingdom. You have sown much and bring in little. But what did he tell us about people who um, are in the kingdom? He said, uh, if you sow greatly, you'll reap greatly. And if you sow little, you'll reap little. But, but these are people who are not uh, following God, not doing his will. He says, so you can, you're sowing all this stuff, but nothing's coming in. You eat, but you don't have enough. You drink, but are not filled with drink. But Jesus said if people would hunger and thirst after righteousness, they'd be filled. But you'll never be satisfied or full trying to build your kingdom. And so... He said, uh, you clothe yourself, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put them in a bag with holes. That's a, you can really just stop right there and preach on the principles of tithing and giving right there. Because when you tithe and give in your offerings, you're putting it toward the kingdom of God. And that's Bible. But if you're just earning your money and spending it on everything you want to do, it's just like putting it in a bag with holes. I don't know how come I keep coming up short. Because you got a bag with holes in it. He said, you look for much, and lo, it came to little, and when you brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts, because of my house that is waste, and you run every man unto his own house. Therefore the heaven over you is stayed from dew, the earth is stayed from her fruit, and I called for a drought upon the land, upon the mountains, upon the corn, upon the new wine, upon the oil, and upon which the ground brings forth, and upon men, and upon cattle, and upon all the labor of the hand. They had been fulfilling their own will and neglecting God's will. And because of this, they had ended up with little to nothing to show for it. It was no coincidence. God was working against them to correct them, uh, to discipline them, and bring them back to a place of repentance so that they could get back into the right place with God. So the people that say, once I serve God, I can just do what I want to and it'll be all right. There you go. You can't neglect God and just think, well, he's just like uh, a little parrot sitting on my shoulder and he'll always be there. God's everywhere. But you have got to make sure that you are being kingdom-minded. Wednesday night, 
uh, we taught on kingdom-minded work ethic. And, and so that's part of that. That's setting priorities in your life. So one thing that Haggai said that the Lord told his people was consider your ways. Whose will are we putting first? If we persist in seeking our own, in the end, our relationship with God's going to be broken because only one person can be Lord in this relationship. And we're either Lord's over our kingdom or he's Lord over us. And so that's, uh, but there's no room. And he won't even fight for that position. He'll just say, if that's how it's going to be, you'll have your kingdom, but it won't add up to anything. And so if we go about living as Lord, God will graciously and mercifully discipline us to correct us. If we do not repent, then we lose out with God. If we never turn from our ways, then we lose out with God. I don't want to do that. We will miss the blessed and satisfying life that he wants for us now, but more significantly, we will miss out on eternal life in his presence. Again, very important. Nothing could be more important since our eternal destinies are at stake. The phrase, you'll see this in a workplace sometimes where people work in dangerous jobs around machinery, complacency kills. It means as you're doing your job, your day-to-day job around this dangerous machinery or Hey, we got some of you guys that get up on roofs and things like that. And hey, been doing it for a while. And you get comfortable, but you don't get careless. You always pay attention how close you are to the edge or where you're at or what you're doing. Is this going to throw me off balance and flip me off the roof? Or or if I'm not paying attention, is my hand going to go up in that machine and chop my hand off? And but if you just get bored and dulled because it's the day to day to day and you're not paying attention, that's when bad things happen. You have to always pay attention. Uh, to where you are and what you're doing and uh, so you don't get distracted. Even uh, the scripture tells us to be sober, that's a choice. To be vigilant, that's a choice because you have an adversary. And as long as I am thinking clearly and vigilant, doing the duties that I should be doing, that lion ain't getting me. He, he, but those that have falling asleep at the, at the wheel, so to speak. Those that have just walking through life in a daze, they, they were born again, God blessed them. Now they've just kind of ignored God. No more praying, no more reading, no more worship. Just, you know, hey, I've been born again. That's the one that he gets, seeking whom he may devour. When something's devoured, you can't see it. If it's devoured, it's gone. Every, it, that's like uh, sometimes you, know, you, you devour your lunch. What, man, you cleaned your plate. You know what you did? You devoured your meal. You can't even tell what was there. It's just a plate with nothing. And he said, that's what will happen. That enemy will devour you. And you don't even realize it because you're not sober and you're not vigilant. You're not watchful. You're not paying attention. <clears throat> wasn't just a something you wanted to happen, it just happened. All of a sudden, that's when people wake up and say, how did I get here? How did I wind up here? How did this happen? Uh, you wasn't paying attention. Uh, something else took God's place, and, and it wasn't that you were just trying to be anyway or do that, or that you know, we, we just wanted to turn our back on God. We just, oh, we got busy, and we didn't realize that we pushed God back a little bit. We didn't realize that we said, Lord, I'm going to squeeze this in here. I've really got to do this, and... Uh, now, you know, get me wrong, I understand sometimes you might be at work on Wednesday and it's getting about five, you're ready to get off, and the boss comes in and says, look, something happened, and I've got to have you for another couple of hours. Well, if that's a once and every once in a while thing, that's going to happen sometimes. But if he says, hey, I'm going to offer you a job, a promotion, but it will mean you've got to work till 8 o'clock every night during the week. That means you'll miss Monday night prayer and Bible study. Now you've got a choice to make. Well, that, and let me tell you, no amount of money will take the place of what you will be missing out on in the house of God. You can't, you can't buy what happens in prayer meeting, and you can't buy what happens in, in uh, studying God's word and being in the house of God. There ain't a price you can put on it. And, and you might be thinking, well, with that extra money, I could do this, do that. I could, yeah. But you'll be much more blessed by seeking first the kingdom of God because he said, do that, and I'll add these things to you. Uh, you can either try to get things from the world that will cause you to go away from God, 
or you can keep seeking God and let him add it to you, you'll always be blessed by that. Now, the people of Judah did actually heed the voice of the Lord when Hagar spoke, and they turned from building their own little kingdoms, and they began to rebuild God's temple. In Hagar 1 and 14, it says that God stirred up the spirit of the people, and they came and did work in the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. So they did. They, they, they repented. And so if, if we need to repent from pursuing our own kingdoms, then let's heed the uh, Haggai's rebuke and, and, and do that. Let's, let's stop working on our own kingdoms in place of working on the kingdom of God. Let, let's let God stir up our spirit and seek his kingdom first. Peter preached uh, in a letter to, his pe- to the people, he said, the, to the church. He said, I'm going to stir up your pure minds. And even Paul said to Timothy, stir up the gift that's in you. Don't let it get still and stagnant. Keep it moving. Keep working. Keep it first. Keep, uh, keep taking care of it. Uh, there's some things that, ha- you know, when you're cooking that have to be stirred. Some things you can put there and they're going to cook. They're fine. But some things, if you don't stir them, they're going to scorch. They're going to burn. And you just end up throwing the whole thing out. <clears throat> and so while, however long it takes, this has got to cook for an hour. How many times in that hour do you get up? making sure that it's not sticking, burning, whatever's going to happen, because you don't want that to ruin. And I don't want my walk with God to ruin. And I don't want want my uh, work for the kingdom to be ruined, so keep stirring up that gift. God fills you with the Holy Ghost. Stir it up. Every time you stir something, things start moving. No telling what will come up to the surface. You've been praying about a calling or praying. Well, then stir up the gift, and it might just begin to surface. When you stir up the gift uh, and stir up that, that, that spirit that's inside of you, that, that might just be when, hey, look at that faith that just raised up. And you might pray, pray a prayer of faith that's going to save somebody or, or a word of knowledge may come up and you'll speak to somebody that will help them in what they're seeing. You never know what God will do in the kingdom by you stirring up the gift that he gave you. And so I want, I want the spirit to be stirred. That's why we pray in the Holy Ghost, building ourselves up on our most holy faith. We, we pray in the spirit so that things can get stirred up. That's God stirring you up. And so if we're going to uh, seek God's kingdom first, then it has to be uh, a focused effort, like I said, or choice. It's something, you, know, you don't just, when you're seeking something, that's not just walking around and maybe I'll trip over it. When you're seeking something, you're moving stuff out of the way. It's like when you start, it's the end of summer, and you're starting to look for your fall clothes. Where's that turtleneck always wear? Where's that, where that pair of boots? I mean, you're opening totes, and you're looking through closets. I can't remember where I put that. We, we've been looking for the mysterious white pumpkin in our house for weeks now because we have one, and it's usually out, but we can't find it. And so we've been seeking this pumpkin. Pray it'll show up. You know what'll happen? We'll buy one and then we'll find the other one. But uh, th- that's what, what's going on. We, uh, and what the Lord say? You don't just find me when you go, hey. He said, you'll find me. Deuteronomy 4, 29, I believe he said, you'll find me when you seek me with your whole heart. Seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with your whole heart. It'll be a, an effort. You'll, uh, you'll, you'll really uh, make uh, move some stuff to get to God. You'll, you'll get some things. You'll lay aside some weight and sin, and, and you know, you'll do some things to get to where God is to find what God wants you to have. You might break open some things like uh, Mary did with that alabaster box. You may, uh, things that you've been holding on to, but hey, this has got to be broken so I can get the blessing that I need from Jesus. And that was what Jesus is saying in Matthew. He said, you know, he's telling us pursue God's kingdom with all of our heart. Seek him first, put him first with all of our heart. At the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So we're to hunger and thirst for for it, it's like um, it's describing people who treat their relationship with God as if it is absolutely essential for life. Food and drink we have to have to live. Uh, nobody ever forgets to eat or drink for a few days. Wow, I don't think I've eaten in about five days. Never happens. 
never happens. The only way that happens is if you fell in a hole somewhere out in the middle of the desert and you couldn't eat or you're fasting. But regular week, just, hey, it's, you know, oh, I forgot to eat. What about that? No, we don't forget to eat and we don't forget to drink. We'll just pop up. But we set aside time. Hey, what time are you going to lunch? What time are you going? What time y'all meet for breakfast? What time we, we, we schedule? Man, we schedule lunch, breakfast. What time y'all meet for dinner? You know, so it's just like we schedule that stuff because hey, it's important. Got to eat. You know, uh, you know, tacos and pizza. That's life. Got to have it. So, but what about? He said, it, "Hungering and thirsting after righteousness," because that's vital for your for everlasting life and for a blessed life in this world. And so why would we think it's strange that we schedule times to fill ourselves with the things of God? Why do y'all have service every Sunday? Because that's when we eat. Why do y'all have prayer on Monday night? That's when we eat. What about when? That's when we eat. Now, I hope you're eating more than just three days a week. I hope hope that, uh, you know, even uh, God's people ate seven days a week. Yeah, they gathered, they gathered for six days, but they ate seven. So they, so they, they were eating seven days a week. So I hope that we're eating. And where did that bread come from? They were eating. So I hope that you are partaking of things that come from God, seven days a week. Come on now, oh time. You could turn back time, man. I, I, I could use another few minutes to preach on some of this stuff, man. It's good stuff. Some of you young preachers be listening. Get your message ready, man. Good stuff. We, we've got to set our priority right. And I'm telling you, you just, ah, how important this kingdom work is. This is so much more than social club and, and once a week. Woo, what a blessing. This is, this is our life following the kingdom and, and being a part of this is so much bigger than than even it's so much bigger than Winterville and Athens. This is the world. This is the gospel. This is uh, who we serve and and we're so fortunate to be a part of it. We cannot be the, the weak link in the chain. This is the priority that we're setting that that uh, all these things that have grabbed us and things that just pull us away and distract us that it would be really so easy to just say, hey, I'm just not doing that anymore. It's not, you know, because most time we, those things we do, we do it so we'll have something to talk about with other people because we talk about things other than the kingdom. We try to keep up with all the people on, on the football team so we can talk with people at work because that's all they talk about. Why don't you be the changing factor? Hey, we talk about football all the time. What y'all do at church this weekend? You know, you know, or school. You know, yeah, I know y'all, y'all did all that this weekend, but, but did anybody go to church this weekend? Well, let me tell you what happened in my church. Yeah. Stir their minds up. Get them curious. Let them ask questions, you know. And, uh, you know but you need to be in a place where you can answer questions. So, uh, but this is so important for us, this uh, unplugging from this world and setting the right priorities because I want to see the kingdom of God. I want to see his kingdom come, his will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And in our little small part of earth, I want to see the, the Holy Ghost moving and, and him moving with power and might in our presence. I want to see deliverance and healings and blessings and miracles and, and just the glory of God. And, but here is the just, there's no wiggle room. Here's the fact that if we are not seeking him, we will not see it. You're not going to see what you don't seek. We are not just sitting in a point where, where the Lord's just bouncing back and forth and all of a sudden he's going to land here. Oh, he just hit us on the way by. That would be a sad way to have church. That We only had a, had a kind of a good service every once, every three or four months. Oh, that's, that's not what... But every time we gather, every time we get together, praying in the power of the Holy Ghost, praying in that name that's above every name, reaching out for God and and crying out for him and and just being the people of God. 
walking like strangers in a strange land, but walking under the power and the calling and the name of the living God. Just like Abraham, just like Israel walked into lands when they crossed that Jordan, when Joshua took Israel in, they were strangers in a strange land, but they were in authority and power of the calling and the word of God. And that's the way that the church is today. We, we walk out of these doors and we walk into our jobs and schools and into this world. But friend, let me tell you, there is something on God's people. And we to seek him when we have these times to pray and together and be strengthened and then go out and do the work of the kingdom. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be worried. And God, you're a called of God. And man, if we'll seek, really seek him. But it's going to, it'll take changes in your life. You'll have to make some decisions. They'll have to, when he said lay aside, you notice he didn't say the guy you're running for, Jesus. He'll take that stuff out of your hand. He said, you lay aside the weight and you lay aside the sin and you lay aside the things that have hindered you because it it can't just jump on you and hold on. Nah, it can't just jump on you and say, whoop, I got you. Nah, it don't happen, man. I'm telling you that that Holy Ghost, it'll oil, that's anointing, that's oil, it'll oil you up. He's just grabbing and trying to hold on. He can't unless your anointing gets gone. Unless that oil gets gone. We'll preach on that a while, couldn't we? Now now you you dry. You got something to grab a hold of. I know I want to be oily. That's better than young living or essential oils, any of that. It's Holy Ghost. You notice they ain't got that in a bottle. That only comes from him. Praise God. But I'm glad I got it. And because it's going to keep us in this world and it's going to help us. That, that, but that, that's the priority. Hey, them ten virgins, five wise, five foolish, five had their priorities right. The other five didn't. I don't know what distracted them, what their thought process was, why they did not make sure they had oil. I don't, whatever choice it was, it made them foolish. Whether they just decided, hey, uh, we just we, we caught up with the crowd, or or we're just going to sleep in, and we're not going whatever. They made a decision that was that labeled them as foolish. So whatever it was that kept them from having the oil, it hurt them. I don't want to do things that'll keep me from having the oil. I want to set my priorities right. Praise God, honey, come on up here. I've I've already jumped a couple of minutes past. I didn't even finish. And while she's coming, I'll jump to the closing part of this lesson. Abundant life in the kingdom of God is characterized by three things. And you can stand with me. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Romans 14 and 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness. That's number one. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Look what you have by seeking first the kingdom of God righteousness which means you're in a right relationship with God and living according to his word this brings peace peace with God brings peace of mind and joy is not the same as happiness it's not temporary uh, because of some kind of little fleeting experience that you have but joy is a deep abiding sense of well-being that life is indeed good and it's not determined by outward circumstances but it is rooted in our relationship with God. Joy unspeakable, it says, and full of glory. Peace of God that passes understanding. And so if we will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things shall be added unto you. If we hunger and thirst for righteousness, we shall be filled. In other words, we'll be satisfied And you know, the best part about it is, is that you won't be plagued by this constant inner struggle that somehow I'm missing out. So that's what happens. People think, man, I'm missing out. But when you really seek God, you realize there ain't nothing the world's got that I want. I'm not missing out on anything. 
it, it, it won't be bothering me that I'm missing. Oh, man, man i got to go to church. I'm just missing it. No, you'll never feel like that because you will be so satisfied with what God has given you. Praise God. So when we do that, we have the blessed contentment that only comes from making God our first priority. As a result, we will have the life that he offers, a life that is characterized by righteousness, peace, and joy. So we need to consider our ways. Where, where are our priorities? Sometimes this kind of preaching can, it can sound kind of hard or harsh because it's, uh, it is it comes with severing ties sometimes, severing things that have, you know, making decisions to lay some things down. And, and it's hard. There's this old saying that old habits die hard. Sometimes they die hard. Sometimes it's, it, it's a struggle. But once you get rid of those things and lay those things down and really put your focus toward him, you're going to experience things that you never thought were possible, things that you've only read about or heard others talk about and you realize hey it's for me too let's lift our hands to the Lord and pray for a moment and if this is you know something that's hitting home with you today Lord I need to reevaluate some things I need to get some priorities in order I need to do some things God and get you back in that place where you're supposed to be I need to put you back in front Lord at the top of the list won't you do that right now? Just make a commitment to him right now. Lord, I'm, I'm going to do better. I'm going to seek you first and seek your kingdom. And Oh, Lord, I long for that contentment. I, I long for that living water that if I drink, I'll never thirst again, oh God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Ha, ha. Praise God. We thank you for it, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Give the Lord a hand clap and a shout of praise in his house today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Seek you first, Lord. Seek you first, Lord. Praise God. Oh, there's things yet to see. There's things yet to see. And we're going to when we we put him first. Amen. God bless you. Let's find a place and, and pray before the next service. Got a few moments. I know we went a little longer, so uh, about 10 minutes we'll get started up. So take some time, get some water, run to the bathroom, then find a place to pray. Let's get back and get ready for a move of the Holy Ghost. God bless you.